What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. I pointed at that painting. That's not him. He's over here. We got to see now. See, I'm where you were originally, where now I'm trying to point this way. Because you're this way on my screen, but you're this way. So I get why you're having issues with that. That's fair. It always, I I mean, we've but, done, you know, we got to appease you. We have to appease you. You're, you're the one that we have to appease. <laughs> yeah. And we've almost done 50 episodes. I should really learn the number of show it is before we record the podcast. So I can say episode number, whatever it is, but this is episode number. It is episode number 44. So we are six. Lucky fours. Six away from episode fifty, because you know, big show. Fun, fun fact: four is my favorite. Four is my favorite and lucky number. Hmm. You're also a huge Brett Favre guy, but only since he retired. Oh God! I all right. <laughs> I gotta. I'm done. I'm over it. You gotta change. Uh, you ruined it for me forever. Thank you. My, that's that's been my lifelong number. Now now I'm done. Yeah, my lucky number has always been seventeen. I just like the way it looks. I like it on jerseys. I like just the number one and then the seven next to it. That's the only reason why I like it. Also, like number four, five. because every I like four because everybody's like, you know, three is the number one, two, three, like three amigos. And I'm like, nah, what about four, man? What about four? Yeah, this is riveting. 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 Uh, this is why people riveting. listen to us. Casino. Yes. The, the, this is why we're the only sports podcast. Uh, but today they have no other have choice. Giant... <laughs> exactly. But today we have a giant show. We're talking college uh, basketball, NFL, NHL, NBA. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be doing WrestleMania predictions because I am a huge wrestling fan. Casino is a casual wrestling fan. Yeah, I enjoy it. I watch it. uh, There was a streak there where you and I watched like what? three, four WrestleManias in a row. It was like, like three or something like year. that. Yeah. But we yeah. were watching almost every pay-per-view we were trying to together for like three years. Yeah. And it was, it was a good time. <laughs> and now we can't do that because we have wives and children, but yeah. it was, good. it's too good aggressive. <laughs> uh, now <laughs> casino. So we recorded last Friday. Let's, uh, jump into college basketball we recorded last friday so in that time span we saw san diego state beat creighton we saw miami florida beat texas we saw yukon beat gonzaga and then we saw florida atlantic beat your team kansas state and yep that's right yeah, and then oh yeah, and then we also saw almost the day after we recorded that you were big, big uh, Princeton, oh, yeah. and they lost to Creighton. So in the Sweet Sixteen, but, and also we had talked about we were thinking the two number one seeds, Alabama and um, Alabama Houston. Well, Houston was a two, but Alabama. Why am I blanking on the other team that was there? Uh. uh, uh Oh fuck! It I'm was blanking on it. Texas. Yes. No. Yeah, it was. Was it? This it thing. Was Houston, no, it was Houston. Texas was no. Tex, it was Houston and Texas. Texas was. Texas was two. Houston was one. There it was. Yes. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. Alabama got knocked out. Houston got out. Texas got knocked out. This was the this is the first final uh, final four where, uh, or actually, it was going into the elite eight. It was the we have not had a team going into the elite eight that was not, um, not a number one seed. Yes. Okay. It was abs- What's up? So this is what happened. And my phone was freaking out, but now I understand. So we recorded Friday, which the Sweet 16 happened later that night, which is what it was fucking me up. Rodney, so San here. Diego State beat Alabama. Literally the first come game here. of the day, uh, on that day, two hours after we recorded the last podcast where we were like, oh, Alabama's this. going all the way. They're number one. They're crazy. They're great. Uh, then it was Creighton beating the lowest ranked seed still left in the tournament, Princeton casino, obviously the white collar on the blue collar. So I was rooting for Creighton Creighton beat Princeton. Uh, then, so obviously all these have been upsets so far. Well, not all of them, but they will all be upsets except for, I believe like two or three, but that one, not that big of an upset because Creighton was obviously ranked higher than Princeton, but Alabama losing to San Diego State, that's an upset. This is also an upset. Florida Atlantic beat Tennessee. Uh, Kansas State beat Michigan State in a weird, weird game. A good game, but a weird game. Um, And then Texas beat Xavier. Miami beat number one Houston. So obviously we were talking about Houston and Alabama. Gonzaga beat UCLA. Arkansas lost to UConn. And then in the next round, the Elite Eight, which I believe all those games were the day after we recorded, so Saturday, Sunday. San yeah, Diego State said those. Creighton. Uh, Florida Atlantic beat Kansas State. Miami beat Texas. UConn beat Gonzaga. So now we have the final four, both of which take place tomorrow in the game. And then uh, The championship Monday, is on Monday. Yeah, so we're going to have the games on Saturday and then the championship Monday night. Okay. So tomorrow – we have number nine, Florida Atlantic, uh, versus number five, San Diego State. And then we also have Miami, Florida, number five at number four, UConn. Or not at, but versus right. number four, UConn. So, right. Casino of, and I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched all the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games. I think the only one I might have missed was Xavier, Texas. I don't think I watched that one. But I watched all the other ones, including all the uh, final or the Elite Eight. Who you got in the final four and then who you got going to the championship and winning it. Gotcha. Before I do and that, I'm well, I had a... No, that's fine. I'm very confident in this. So it sucks that I'm confident in this. I'll explain why. Uh, but while I had to step aside there. I was actually answering the phone call for the Jumpy Bounce House for my kid's birthday party tomorrow that you guys are still coming to, correct? Later, after... Soccer? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. after soccer. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah I had to confirm the bounce house. Can't wait. I'm excited for that. Uh, can't anyway. wait to wrestle you shirtless in that bounce house tomorrow. I can't wait. Well, it gets there. I mean, I can't. Dude, the kids are all going to be passed out and napping at that point. We'll we'll, we'll wrestle shirtless. That's all good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so tomorrow um, at 310, you have the SDSU versus FAU. This is going to be the matchup that I'm going to want to watch the most. Um, SDSU, they've been playing the absolute best defense the, by any team this entire uh, yeah. uh, March Madness. 
And going into it, they were already a top five defense the entire season. They were just unstoppable. I went to the UNLV SDSU game, and I got to watch it firsthand. Their defense is insane. They're tall. They're big. And not just the rebounding game is on point. They're just they're very structured in how they, they trap players and how they get under the rim and get in front. Sorry, that was the dog going crazy. Uh, <laughs> grandma came back home with uh, food for for her. Um, anyway, uh, so SCSU is looking real good. Um, FAU, though, they've been the surprise of the tournament, obviously. They're ro- rocking a nine seed. Second time in the tournament ever. Last time was 93, and they've made it all the way to the final four. It's outstanding what they've done, but they – this normally the Cinderella teams, like Princeton, for incident. For instance, they stop at the 16. They luckily, 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 sometimes they'll get to the Elite Eight. Got tongue tied there. And then they kind of fall apart from there. But I don't think this is the case with FAU. I don't think this no. is just another, just another Cinderella thing where they're just riding the wave where you had like um, Chicago, Loyola, Chicago, uh, Loyola, Chicago, however you say that, the one where they had, um, uh sister or whatever the old lady la jolla yeah, yeah. chicago and they had that amazing run and uh everybody was really hyped up on that um <laughs> sorry uh all, all hyped <laughs> up on that um but this doesn't feel like this this time this time it just feels like this team is actually a legit contender and the Vegas knows this as well because the line, um, according to CBS Sports currently, is only two and a half for San Diego State. Mm. So they're actually they're giving FAU their due, even though they're playing against the number one defense in the tournament. Um, I don't know if that yeah. is confirmed number one defense, but from my eyes, because I've watched every game that they have played SDSU, and I've watched almost every other game, it's it's intense. Um, and then, so I. I'm going to touch back on that game because that's where I'm thinking the tournament is uh, going to happen. So I'm going to go over to Miami UConn real well, quick. Before we go over oh. to that one, I think what's so interesting about San Diego State and Florida Atlantic is they both had like crazy impressive performances in the Sweet 16, right? Where San Diego State almost kind of blew out Alabama. They beat him by what seven points which in college basketball i feel like is a lot more impressive to beat a team especially going against a team that i was saying alabama was crushing teams by 20 yeah the first two games i think yeah the game before alabama what blew out uh maryland by almost 30 points so that's in uh impressive to beat a team like that where the other team is that much momentum and obviously they've kind of Alabama, that is, kind of went past the whole shooting thing with one of their players. So they were really at their peak for them to beat it or for them to get beat by San Diego State. But then you also have Florida Atlantic, where in the Sweet 16, they almost beat uh, Tennessee by the same amount that San Diego State beat Alabama. But then both these teams in the Elite Eight only won by one point and then three point in the Florida Atlantic game. So it's weird how they're kind of both having the same kind of tournament experience, which is Mm -hmm. beating teams coming in with a lot of momentum teams that have blown out their previous opponents the round before. And then they, what is it get 
blown out themselves by teams that, I mean, yeah, you and I both liked San Diego State, but we were like, no way in hell they beat Alabama, and then they kind of blow them out. Same with, uh, we'll talk about it, but same with, yeah, how I feel about Florida. But when it comes to Florida Atlantic, San Diego State Casino, who are you picking to go See, I was, to the I, I should have started with Miami and Connecticut, but I started with, so I really want FAU to go. I think this game is going to be closer than people think. I don't think SDSU is going to blow them out. Um, I think FAU has been playing a strong uh, defensive game as well. Um, I'm really curious to see how this goes. Sadly, I don't want SDSU to win the whole thing because I don't want them to say they have a national tournament as UNLV does as well. But um, I would like to see the nine seed make it to the finals and then win it. At least if they can make it to the finals and knock out SDSU, I think it'd be great. However, I am going to pick SDSU to win this game. I want Florida Atlantic to win. I'll be cheering my ass off for them, but I think SDSU's defense is just too good that they're going to fluster up Florida Atlantic, and Florida Atlantic's going to be a few a few bucket behind SDSU to to win this game. Or it could be a complete blowout, but I don't think it will be. I don't think the Cinder, like I said, I don't think the Cinderella story is like all the others that they do fizzle out at midnight. I think they're going to make it to the after party about four a.m. Um, boom! You see what I did there? I like that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, uh, I should have just kept going and just let that joke simmer, but I did. I felt good about that one. Um, that was and good one. so now going over to the Miami Connecticut game. Um, UConn is the higher seed, um, and they are favored to win by five. Um, but I like what Miami has been doing, and I think it would make a really good setup. And this is what I'm going to cheer for. I want, even though I can't stand Miami, I can't stand Florida teams. I want UConn. No, I don't. I think UConn's going to make it, and I'll be okay with that. But I kind of want to see the Battle of South Florida. I want to see Miami. I want to see FAU. I want to see that for the national title. I think it would be great. Um, yeah, so I'm going to roll with SDSU is going to win. Miami is going to win. But in reality, what I would think would be cool to see would be FAU Miami. But I would feel more confident or I would enjoy UConn winning a national title over Miami personally. Mm. But I... I like the women's UConn team. Um, I w- loved watching um, UConn versus Tennessee growing up with those two legendary coaches in the in the women college women's basketball, which pretty much every pro comes from one of those two teams throughout the last twenty years. Um, yeah, so it'd be cool to plus Huskies. I like dogs. <laughs> That's what I got there. And that's the type of analysis you're going to get only on the only sports podcast. Um, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing like what our wives would do. Oh, I'm going to pick that team. Cause I like the colors or I like the mascot. So, so just to be clear, you're picking San Diego state and Miami and Miami. Yes, I am. Now I, interestingly enough, I agree with everything you said when it comes to San Diego State. I don't want this game to be a blowout, but I feel like if there is a blowout, I feel like the highest chance of it happening is San Diego State blowing out FAU, right? I feel like in all the scenarios, that one 
probably happens the most. However, I do think the most impressive victory, maybe this entire, you know, uh, March Madness has been UConn blowing out Gonzaga like they did. Because I mean, going into halftime, that game was 39-32 UConn, right? Coming into, uh, coming out of halftime, UConn outscored Gonzaga just in the second quarter, 43 to 22. Like to hold Gonzaga to 22 points in an entire quarter, that's really fucking impressive. And they ended up winning that game uh, 82 to 54. I really think this is UConn's year. I just think well, I've liked everything that's I've fine. seen. So I, I really I, thought. Continue. Uh, I'll explain my reasons why I almost disagree. Because they're against their last two games in this tournament, and we can even go last three games against Arkansas in the Sweet 16. They, oops, they beat them. And where the fuck did I hate this? I got the, I got, I I got, they beat them 88 to 65. And then they uh, dominate UConn or they dominate Gonzaga 82 to 54. Miami, on the other hand, they destroyed Houston, right? Which is also impressive because Houston was the number one seed. Then they beat Texas by seven, but I don't know. I just like the makeup and how UConn plays. Yeah, but then if you you look further back, they all, I mean, you can do it for both teams. Miami did beat Indiana uh, 85-69. 69. It's that kind of show, folks. Uh, and then same, but then UConn also beat St. Mary's 70 to 55. So like both teams are doing pretty good. You take out, you take out, I see what you're saying about Miami's last game where are against Texas, um, 80, 88, 81, but they took down their last four, three games has been against a four seed, one seed and a two seed Miami. Yeah, and one of those was a blow. That. One of those was a blowout. I mean, and then the Huskies. I mean, they're not too bad, but the, theirs was. There were a three and eight and a five. Like, it's. I mean, I'm I'm splitting hairs here a little bit, but you and I both talked about how we thought either it was going to be Alabama or Houston, and if not, Texas was right there. We were doing the cliche yeah. one two seeds. Well, Miami took care of two of those teams for us. Uh, that's why yeah. I'm. I really think that the, there's an overhype on that UConn game versus Gonzaga, and everybody's just tunnel visioned on that one game. It sounded like you are a little bit too that one yeah. game, but I've liked how Miami's gone against two of the two of the top. I would say five teams that were expected to win the entire thing, and they went up against two of them and looked held poise against them. Um, I, I mean. The last one was a bit of a battle, but I, I, against Texas, you know, they, they only won it by seven. And a lot of that came down towards the end, you know, free throws, this and that, like clock management time, all, like how it happens. But they didn't. That's where a lot of teams break against other good teams. So that's why I'm going with Miami on this. I like them. I like their pick better. I can see what you're saying. I did like that UConn-Gazaka game. That was fun. Um, yeah. And that was, I mean, that was a blowout. That was almost 30 points, which is I nec- insanity, I don't necessarily, but still. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying the eye test, right? You can just, t- I feel like you can just tell when you watch games. Like Miami was 
fun to watch in the Miami game, but or in the Texas game. But there were parts like going into halftime, they were down, I think, like eight, right, against Texas. So there were parts in that game where I was like, Texas can realistically win this that game. Almost from the jump against Gonzaga, it was like, there's no way UConn can win this or can lose this game. Like they're just dominating Gonzaga on literally every facet of the game. So I felt like the Texas-Miami game is closer than the score indicates, and almost the UConn-Gonzaga game is farther away than the score indicates. Like, that second quarter was just, I mean, yeah, that was one of I, that was one of the most impressive quarters of basketball I've watched in Mar- this March Madness. Like, what, just UConn just completely dismantled Gonzaga, and you could see, like, they kept cutting to fans of Gonzaga in the stands and you could tell they were just like what the fuck is going on like this we don't lose games like this with this like team makeup so yeah i mean we will we will see what happens uh tomorrow but when it gets to monday casino your matchup is san diego state and miami who do you think pulls out of that to be the 2023 uh college basketball champion um, I think Miami, I, I, I just like that. I, I don't want it. Well, honestly, I can see in either any of these four teams winning, but I've liked yeah. what Miami's done against tough teams, even though the defense of SDSU scares the living hell out of me. If I was a team, I just think Miami has the grit to, to pull it off or UConn on that matter, but FAU might even take care of it. So we'll, we We'll find out, but I'm going to go with Miami to win the title. Um, I've liked what they've done in their last two games against two of the, the top three contenders going from the Sweet 16 in. So that's where I'm at. Um, so I don't have really have much more to say on that. What's your pick? I do want to talk about um, uh, some game and player from the women's side of March Madness uh, real quick. Um, I'm not going to get deep into it because going to be pretty obvious on who's going to win that side uh, for so uh do you have what's your pick i honestly think i think san diego state wins it i just think defense wins uh, championships it does. and i just think they're too good of a defensive team i think what is it i i think the nation is rooting for fau right Right. So I just because they're the underdog, underdog, and that's what March Madness is about. Blah 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 blah. But I, I really think that this game is just going to be over by halftime. I think it's all a right. nice story, but we saw nice. We've seen nice stories all in March Madness where everybody gets on the bandwagon of one team, right? And then they're like, "This team's going to go all the way. We love this team." Right. And Those then Cinderella everybody's stories. like. I just yeah. feel like, like and I then, said, I just feel like this one's a little different because none of those, none of those reach the semis, those teams. I yeah. just feel like FAU's felt a little different because they're not, they're not going crazy. I get your point, but I just, I don't know. I, I fingers crossed for them. Even if they do lose, if they don't get blown out, I still think it's a very obviously it's already a very yeah. successful tournament for them, being the second time they've ever been there and made it to the final four. So yeah. Well, especially um, with Cinderella teams, you always want a good game. And then if they lose in the end, like barely, it makes the story better. If they get blown out, the story's still good, but it's not as good as like they were this close, you know, this close. But 
I think people get too infatuated with the underdog when we've seen sports, you know, everybody roots for the underdog, but everybody remembers like the dynasties and the great teams. And I don't think San Diego state, especially in college basketball, which is, I really feel like, and this can be a discussion maybe we can have on the next podcast when we're talking about college basketball as a whole, but I really do think maybe the golden age of college basketball in terms of, you know, like the Duke dynasty and like different teams like that, where you have multiple years of just these great, you know, organizations going back to back to back to back, whatever, whatever. I really think that's dead with, I think we're finally seeing you're right with college basketball where the best players, I mean, we're talking about Wembenyama in the NBA uh, playoffs. He's a, uh, overseas player playing in, I believe, the G League. Like all these great, great basketball players don't even fuck around with college anymore. They just go overseas or they just go straight from high school to the pros. Uh, well, no, they can't do that anymore. But yeah, with their that. one year, they're just like, I'll go play in this random fucking league. And thanks to YouTube, everybody will still know who I am and I'll get fucking right. paid. And, like, and not why just do I the- want to go to school. Right. Not just that, though, but it's made it very easy for players to transfer from team to team with that transfer portal thing that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, nobody's committing. Nobody commits to a school full time. Um, so, yeah. And also now that, you know, players can get paid. So with yeah. all those things combined, you know, as what you you were talking about and then yeah, getting paid and transfer portal makes it very easy for kids to bounce around. I don't see I don't see another seven year dynasty, ten year dynasty kind of thing no. happening with the team. Well well, um, also this year, if you weren't a Duke or North Carolina fan, did you give a single fuck about Duke and North Carolina playing this year? I don't no, think I, I don't Coach even K, think I remember well, that game Coach being K, on TV. It's because no people weren't really interested in Duke this year because they kept losing in the regular season or having really tough games because they don't have coach K it shows you how much that guy was an absolute legend when it comes to coaching is because they essentially still had, I mean, they're still Duke. They still have great players. They, I mean, they had a good run here in the NCAA tournament, but with coach K not being there, nobody really cared to watch it because he was an icon. Again, that's kind of yeah. where I was talking about. And I'll make this transition over to the women's side was I don't watch a lot of the women's basketball. I'll cheer for the lady rebels, but I don't really watch any other teams, but I watched the Tennessee versus the Yukon growing up because you had the two coaches, Pat Summit, and um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name for Yukon. Like Gino Ariana, Gino Smith. No, Gino Smith. That's so yeah, Gino the, Smith. The Seattle Seahawks quarterback. No, Gino. Yeah. Oh, gosh, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. So the Yukon coach and the Tennessee coach, Pat Summit, who you know passed away a, long, a while back. But yeah, watching right. those two, coach- yeah, Ariyama, Ariyama. There you. Go. So watching those two coaches go against it, that was fun because the coaching was good because those teams were one and two the entire time. Um, so now jumping over to there. Um, so that's my take. Did you write down who you you picked? You said SDSU, right? Yes. Sweet. So, so now just jumping to over recap, oh. you have SDSU and Miami with Miami yep. taking it in the championship i have sdu and uconn with sd uh san diego state taking it in the championship so that's a good that's a good mix up um so i'm not really going to go hard into 
you know, the teams playing which teams because South Carolina, they're undefeated. They're looking amazing. Absolutely amazing. The only team that I could see upset them comes from the Iowa, um, Iowa University with Caitlin Clark, who is the best player coming out of the college ball for the ladies this year. Um, so did you see that she had the first 40-point triple-double in tournament history the other day? 41 I points, 10 rebounds, yeah. and 12 assists. I watched I watched a good portion of that game. We had it on at while I was at work. She was not missing buckets. There was this one inbound pass where she made it or she made the three. She took a stride that was probably like a long jumper stride because she's so tall that it, it, some people were like, oh, that's traveling. I'm like, no, she two steps with a pivot and then she made a fadeaway three. She just looked amazing. And at the end of the game, after they won this uh, won this game, um, uh, 97 to 83 like over Louisville, she just walks up in front of her stands, in front of her bench and just like puts her arms out and just smiles. Not like, yeah, let me hear it. Like, hear it out for me. She was just like, I'm a living goddess and 100% <laughs> insanity. Um, yeah, so this is the first time the Hawkeyes have been since 93 uh, to the final four. So kudos to them. I think they're the only team because of Caitlin that could stop um, South Carolina's um, undefeated record going into it and possibly stopping them from winning the tournament. But I still have South Carolina winning. It'd be awesome to see Caitlin Clark win that and and come out on top with Iowa would be awesome. But yeah, I just you, I had to talk about that because that was one of the most beastly performances. I mean, we talked about the K State guy with setting the record with 19 assists with 20 points yeah. and five steals and how good the game that was. This rivals it. If not, it was better. Next up, NFL Casino. So apparently, and this is the most shocking part of this story, right? The And we're talking about the Lamar Jackson contract situation. The most, the craziest part about this is not that he requested a trade. The craziest part about this is he requested a trade on March 2nd, and nobody found out about it until, what, a week ago? So March 24th? So almost a month it took for reporters. I don't know how they found out about it. Maybe it was reported to them. Maybe it was leaked. I don't know. But Lamar Jackson apparently requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens on March 2nd. So now basically the Ravens have come out and been like, we don't want to trade him. And uh, John Harbaugh, came out and was like, he's my quarterback. I love him. Blah, blah, blah. Lamar Jackson has basically been like for not just since March 2nd, for the entire season, halfway through the season, what last season, he's been on this for a couple years. I feel like this was all culminating to this moment. Lamar Jackson, he wants a trade. He clearly does not want to play with the Ravens casino. So where do you think he ends up? You know, given um, cap and need and what they can trade well, I mean, for him. And blah, how about blah, blah. that? How about that fun story where it was coming out? Um, the rapper dude saying, "What was his name?" Mills. Oh, uh, Meek Mills. Meek Mills. Yeah, Meek Mills was saying that. Oh, Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts. Jesus, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm so used to you just ranting about your team, so I went with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
Um, now your uh, team's but, on the spotlight. Right. And so Lamar Jackson wanting to play, saying that he Lamar Jackson wants to play for Bill Belichick and play for the Patriots. Please, God, no. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want this. You even said that that might be a thing, and I really hope that that does not work out. Um, Why do you not want – So Robert right Kraft, now, Lamar Jackson or Mac Jones? Mac Jones or Zappy? I will not. I'm not going to take this. You're fucking insane. You're I don't want to take this, dude. Well, okay. Would I like if if money wasn't an option? If money wasn't an option? If stock and trades are wasn't an option? It was just like, oh, you have this quarterback on your team right now versus these two other quarterbacks. Who would you take? I would take Lamar Jackson all day over Zappy over Mac Jones. But that's not where the case is. He wants so much money. I don't want him to cripple the Patriots organization for five years. I do not want that to happen. So would I just in a quarterback and a performance standpoint, who would I rather have of those three? Lamar Jackson just shut up all day. Not, you know, all day, 100%. Yeah. But I don't want him on the Patriots because he's wanting the world. And I, we can't give him the world. We don't have the money. And so, well, you got to give all that asked, money to other tight ends. So all Jesus, your, all you your so cap. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, just, just, all your cap needs can to I be you- allocated to tight ends. So what are we doing here? You win in this league with tight ends, not quarterbacks. Everybody knows that. Okay. Well, so we, regardless, we already have the money in the tight ends. So we can't go hmm. back on that. The money's already there. If we had that money, if we have that money, yeah. would I take Lamar Jackson over two tight ends all day, every day? But we don't have that option right now, okay? We're paying the tight ends. Stop stop jabbing me with that. You keep doing that. <laughs> but anyway, so apparently um, Kraft has a connection with uh, – was it – it's with uh, Mills, right, is who he was saying that he had the connection with, right? Because yes. they were saying that me- – uh, Meek Mills was texting Robert Kraft like, "Hey, he wants to play for you." And Kraft was asked about that, and Kraft was like, "No, no." You know, he kind of contradicted himself when he was <laughs> he was basically saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, that that would be cool, whatnot." But he's like, "That's Bill's decision," like, like something like that. It was like, "That's Bill's decision." So That's basically, not Bill's you're making decision. no, no, <laughs> it's is- not. You're putting you just don't you just put bill in a really bad spot because you know bill can handle it and that's fine i'm i wonder if bill was just like yeah you know if this stops say say it's my decision or whatever so you don't have to deal with it because what he does what crap did when he said that what ended up happening is now the heat is off of craft and he's just like you know that that's that's bill if he wants to do it i'll make the trade you know i will sign the checkbook if that's what bill thinks is best for the for the team but you know that's kind of how it's always been with bill and and craft so i i i think there's some truth to that i think there's a little bit of truth to he wants lamar jackson really bad and he was trying to put the heat on belichick for signing him or not signing him i think craft was basically saying yeah i'll sign it i want to make that money or i want to make that trade i will spend the money i will throw the gamble on our team for that um so we'll see i really hope he doesn't come to the patriots but belichick came out and he was basically saying that you know they're they're not going to do things the normal way what they've done 
they're not afraid again i'm paraphrasing here and i don't have the exact quotes on me i read it throughout the week that they're not against doing different things and changing pretty much is kind of what he was getting at um and and sticking to the past is kind of what he was saying so maybe they will try to figure out how to make make it work but i we can't afford to pay him 40 million a year guaranteed that's just not going to well, happen they just can't well that's you, you can't. that's the thing is the thing that i feel like the so thing so go back to your original always... question real quick go back to your original yeah. question i think the colts are kind of looking at him i think that would I be an interesting take i i can see that interesting take for him going to the colts I'm just glad every team connected to Lamar Jackson is in the AFC because there's also always when it's like paying a player way too much. It's always well, you don't the think commanders. you don't think Atlanta you don't think Atlanta would go for it. I think Atlanta would probably be maybe the best one of the best fits for him, right? Because they have Kyle Pitts, they have Calvin Ridley coming back. You know, after he was. Uh, DraftKings suspended or whatever the fuck he was betting on, but <laughs> uh, they got Cordell Patterson. I really do feel I like Atlanta. Like if you put a Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson, Lamar Jackson all in the same team, that has the potential to be a top five offense in the league. Like you can, you basically have what the San Francisco 49ers try to be, but they can't be like fully what they want to be because they don't have a mobile quarterback. Right. Right. So you put Lamar Jackson, who with Jalen hurts is probably the two best, you know, running quarterbacks in the NFL. And then he also, I don't know. Fields is fields is getting there. Oh, that's true. Fields. But you know, he's in that short, uh, short List. list of players who have that, capability to light you up for 300 passing yards and 300 rushing yards if he's given the opportunity but i really do think of the three teams that have been discussed i agree with you i think the colts especially because they seem like they have the money they seem like they have the draft capital and the crazy owner who seems crazy enough to pay for lamar jackson his asking price which basically lamar jackson has come out and said I don't give a flying fuck what the terms are. I just want more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, which again, it's his right to say that because at this point and for the past couple of seasons, he's been a much better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. But again, every single person besides the person who signed the Deshaun Watson contract knew the Deshaun Watson contract was fucking insane, right? Like, Every owner, every agent, Deshaun Watson and his agent, I'm sure after the deal was done, called up each other and were like, that was our first offer. I can't believe they fucking signed us for that much. Like we were, that was our starting point and we were expecting to go down. And then the Browns were like, yeah, we'll take your, we'll take that price. And then they had to just been like, holy fuck, how the fuck did we get this schedule or this uh, contract? But again, Lamar Jackson I'm not worried about him being worth the money. Like you look at his winning percentage and what the Baltimore Ravens are with him and without him, that's all you need to see, right? He's wins like 75% of the games he starts. It's fucking crazy. And the Baltimore Ravens, it's not like they've always been a great organization, but it's not like 
when they don't have him, it's just like same team, like he, uh, no difference whatsoever. Like we saw the offensive juggernaut, juggernaut they are with him and the team that can barely score 14 points when he's not there. And again, it's not like they have crazy weapons without him. They have nothing. And I do think uh, Joy Taylor, who we're both a fan of, got I a bunch her. of shit. I'm, I'm so yeah. sad that she's not on Colin's show anymore. I really am. I don't I like the new guy. He's annoying as hell. Ugh. Yeah. And Joy's I don't, just the best. And yeah. And I don't watch her. I don't, I don't even know what show she's on now, but I don't watch her show now. But I did see that she made some headlines where she said, if Lamar Jackson, if or when Lamar Jackson leaves the Ravens, the Ravens become the worst team in the AFC. Or I think, I don't know if she said AFC or NFL, but one of those two. And I kind of agree with her because let's say Lamar Jackson leaves, they get draft picks. If it's not the Colts, they're obviously not going to get a high enough draft pick to draft one of the four quarterbacks who are uh, in this year's draft. So let's say they don't draft a quarterback. They get rid of Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens starting Tyler Huntley going into next season. That's it. Like, yeah, but again, I feel like then it's Broncos from last year. You know, you know that, you know, you know, the great thing about Huntley was right. That he made the pro bowl. He's a pro pro bowler caliber quarterback. He's a pro bowl Uh, caliber quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> but especially like, let's say Lamar Jackson, he's been connected to all other AFC teams, you know, that don't need a quarterback. So obviously not the chiefs or bills or chargers, blah, 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 but he's not been connected to any of the NFC quarter or teams. So if he goes to another AFC team, like the Baltimore Ravens would immediately be one of the worst teams in the AFC in terms of starting quarterbacks. Like, I don't think that's debatable. I don't know why she got shit shit with this. Like, yeah, it would be like everybody gives Joe Flacco such a blowjob. He had one great season with the Ravens that led them to a Super Bowl. Like again, that had that had what on the other end of him? A phenomenal yeah. defense. That was a Peyton Manning situation from Denver. It, it was Peyton Manning issue thing from Denver. Yeah. The defense got you to the Super Bowl and and ultimately won you the Super Bowl. Yes, you had so, a decent, you had a good year that year. You had a good year, but were you the reason? Were you the Tom Brady coming back twenty eight to three and you know driving down the field, driving down the field, driving down the field? No, no. You, you were good. You were good. You had a good year. You had a really good year, best year of his career. But you had a better defense. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be real interesting to see where he trade or where he gets traded to. I can't believe the Jets, it seems, would much rather – it clearly seems they would much rather have Aaron Rodgers than Lamar Jackson. I don't understand that at all. How are you taking uh, Lamar Jackson – or how are you taking Rodgers over Jackson at this point in both their careers where it's like, oh, Jackson, you're going to minimum – get him for the next five years. Whereas Rogers, it's like, you might get him for a year and then he's done. You might get him for half a year before he's like, Oh, I'm fucking you might done. not even like, get him beforehand because exactly. he may, I mean, yes, I think that he won't retire because he wants to get that last bit of money that he has on that deal. But you never know. He may just get fed up with it, with the stringing along that green Bay's doing and just say, nah, fuck it. I've made a lot of money. I'm still going to make more money after this. I'll do commercials again. I retire. Yeah. Have a good one. 
And then the Jazz are sitting there with their pants down and go, Zach Wilson, can, can, can you stop with your day job and come and take care of us again? Ugh. I also will never trust a quarterback who says, oh, I was 90% going to retire. And then all of a sudden I felt like coming back. Like I don't trust, especially in a sport like football, where you're the number one most important position, maybe in all of sports being like, well, I was in the mindset for the past four months of retiring, but now I'm okay. Now I want to play. It's just like, you realize the season has never been longer now, right? And if you get into the playoffs, it's just going to be longer. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, we don't have to talk about because nothing's changed on that. But we do, however, have to talk about where the uh, NFL owners get together, teams propose rule changes, a cool, quick rule change that did happen uh was nfl owners approved players wearing the number zero on their jerseys so i've always thought that's cool uh is there a you're obviously a patriots fan i'm an eagles fan is there a patriots player off the top of your head where if they change their number to zero you would immediately be like i'm buying that jersey no not really. I mean, there's because I, I don't buy jerseys in the first place, but I just stick with <laughs> if, the number. Really, isn't my big thing. Is it's I want their name. Yeah, and then like you know how with football, like this group of players, they have these ten digits. This group of player has these five digits, and kind of like that. The Patriots are really set on that for the most part. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe a wide receiver would be cool, but we don't have any good wide receivers. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, for the Eagles, I want them. I'm now completely on the Bijan Robinson train. Get me the running back from Texas, either at pick 10 or I think they have pick number 30 or 31, whatever it is. It'd be a zero. Get me, get me him, make his jersey number zero, and I will buy it. Day of the draft, because the draft is always on my birthday. That will be the birthday present to myself, right? Because are you going to buy it before he gets it and then before he gets drafted? Hmm. I mean, hmm. might call my own shot. That's yeah, that's spicy. You'll buy a jersey, but you won't get a tattoo. That's true. Well, the tattoo is permanent. The jersey will just be a permanent joke on this podcast then then you could hang it up and yeah you could hang it up in your closet and only wear it for podcast episodes (laughs) nobody else has done that uh yeah when the pay the next time the patriots make it to the super bowl i'll wear that jersey uh will i have that jersey when i'm in my 60s i don't know i don't but i'll keep it just for that just for that casino (laughs) but i do think uh, zero would look cool on either a safety, right? Just in the back, like lurking in the defense, a running back or a wide receiver. How about I the, think it would also look center? cool on a middle linebacker. Yeah. How about I the think... center? Just center snapping with a big old zero on his back. Like, no. you know, he's the, th- come on. All right. So now thanks to a interruption by my adorable child, I had to edit right there, but we are pretty much done talking about jerseys that was just a little topic the important thing i want to talk about casino and i will read this article i believe it's from it the usa today where 
Uh, during the annual owners' meetings, a proposal to allow teams to play multiple midweek games during the course of a season was approved. However, another proposal that would have allowed the league to flex games into the Thursday night window two weeks ahead of time was tabled until May. So that is very important. It was yes. proposed. It was not denied. It was not approved. It was tabled. This, I feel like this is a giant news story nobody is talking about. This, first off, is insane. Second off, it is so insane that it not immediately being denied makes me worried. Because when you get a bad idea and somebody doesn't immediately go, this is a bad idea, no. And they go, this is a bad idea, we'll think about it. Like, that's concerning to me because that means more than likely this will be approved. And this means, let's say, the Eagles and Patriots do play next season, right? Let's say it's in it's in uh, New England and me and you, we go, oh, we're, we like the Eagles and Patriots. We're going to request time off work. We live in Las Vegas. We're going to buy tickets to the game we're gonna go to the hotel we're gonna blah 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 all of this we do in august when the schedule gets released right now by the normal rules if this was a 1 p.m game and it got flexed to sunday night at 5 30 kind of annoying but who gives a shit we're already here it's the same day it's a couple hours difference right doesn't matter who gives a right. shit that happened now, to this last year i mean this exactly. last season the Ra Patriots yeah. Raiders game got flexed. Yeah. And again, and is it annoying? I went to that yes. one. Does it change your plans that much? Not really. Now, let's say this coming season, we have all these accommodations set for, let's say they played in November. We have all this shit set up in August. Now, all of a sudden, they play end of, uh, end of October, end of November. All of a sudden, midway through November... It gets announced, oh, the game that's in two weeks has not only been moved from Sunday to Thursday, but it's now no longer a 10 p or 10 a.m. game. It's a Thursday 5.15 game. On the wet on the East Coast, it'd be an 8.15 game. So not only is it moved four days, it's completely changed from a morning game to a night game. Like I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how much money you have or anything like that. This is going to fuck the fans over so fucking much. I can't even like, I can't even put into words how fucking bad of an idea this is. Well, like, you know why, you know why they're doing it? Because they don't give a shit about the fans. You know this. They never give a shit about the fans. It's about yeah. the TV, right? It's about what's going to get you more views on TV, get you more money. I mean, yes, you, I mean, cause Regardless, regardless, if they, they they say they move it and fans have to figure it out, you know what? People are still going to go. Like whether they have to sell their tickets and people buy them on you know off of third party or whatever, the stadium is going to be filled. So they're going to do whatever they want to at least get the TV views up, and that's the shitty thing because that's what's going to yeah. happen. Well, also the main and reason just, just, why this is go for it. The main reason why this is happening is because almost every single Thursday night game last year was shit, right? Like mm -hmm. 
I think there was one like marquee matchup and the other ones were like, I think when it got to this matchup, it was like the Eagles were 11 and one and they were playing the one and 11 Texans on Thursday night primetime. And it was the only game. And it's like, you know, but also, also they didn't get the best. I mean, it was also on prime. So people had trouble getting to that. Well, and the prime broadcast was shit. And, Always. you know, obviously they'd never broadcast a football game before. And they had like Kirk Herbstreet, who had never, I think, even admitted, like, oh, yeah, I don't watch the NFL, but I was so into college football. I'll know all these guys from college football. And it's just like, no, you won't, because you're watching Alabama Clemson every week. How the fuck is that going to help you call a Justin Herbert game? who you probably saw once uh, once a year when Oregon would be on, you know, the college game day, game of the uh, day or whatever yeah. the fuck it's called. But it's like this, and another thing that was approved, which will again fuck over fans of teams like the Eagles, like the Chiefs, like the teams that are big, like, like Cowboy fans, like t- fans of teams that are big, popular teams that you know bring in all the viewership a thing that was approved is owners did approve a change that will allow a team to play two thursday night games this season so that means before it was like oh well yeah it was like oh well thank god my team already played on thursday night so i can't have my game flexed to a thursday night they got rid of that safeguard so now it's like your team plays the first game. And that's another uh, reason Thursday why I think that this, the the thing that got tabled is going to be approved because they, as you just said, they got rid of the safeguard on it. Yeah. So it's going to get approved and it's going to be and, awful. And obviously this article says what we just said, the driving force behind the change and the reason the NFL would like to be able to flex games to Thursday night as they do for Sunday night and Monday night football is to make sure the content in the league's primetime television slot is compelling. So clearly it's about television rights. And I think we did a story about it where the Thursday night, primetime games on Amazon last season, like like you said, nobody was fucking watching them because it was a pain in the ass to watch. Yeah, it, it wasn't was, because people weren't interested. If it was still football on that they had access to, they would. People yes. aren't watching because people aren't going to go, whether they have Amazon Prime. Not everybody has Amazon Prime. Not everybody does. A lot of people use Amazon still, but not everybody has the Prime and pay the extra $100 a year or whatever the hell it is now yeah and then not only that but then you have to have something to download the app on and do it that way some people were i know the times are changing and there's a younger generation which is the the big force in media now but you still have a lot of old people that still want to watch football that aren't just they're not going to watch it now on thursday because they don't have the accessibility to amazon prime so yeah your numbers were down your numbers were way down on thursday night it's because of the service that you put it on Yep. People aren't going to watch. People aren't going to watch. And you know what? Not only does it get to fuck over the fans and travels and people are going to be all up in arms on this, it's going to fuck with the teams tremendously. Tremendously. Because you, what's one of the big stories you always hear about? And teams like, and teams tank on a game or they do better. Um, 
or a team that's like not that good has a better game against a good team. Oh, it's because they're coming off a short week. You hear yep. about the short weeks all the time and how they affect teams. And you even have broadcasters and everybody talking about it. Like they're, they're changing their picks based on, oh, this team's coming off of short week. They only had four days to prepare. Well, if now a team has to do that four times and then people's people are going to be on the back end of that and be like, well, then going into the next game, you're going to have a better, you, you know, you're going to have a better, uh, a longer time to prepare for. Why would I need to prepare for a two and, you know, a two and 10 team rather than a team that I just played, you know, a decent team, like a, a 500 team. And then I get a four day week to train for a top contender in the AFC, you know, something like that. Now you're really yep. going to have to go against that. And then you're like, all right, whatever. You know, we lost that game, but it was close. We played well. If we had a full week, we would do it. And then they flex you again and fuck you again on another short yeah. week. That could be that could be two losses because you're flexing te- you're you're flexing this to to get teams to do that. It's absolutely outrageous. This is going to be so bad for football. So well, bad it's for football. also it's also one of those things with the ability to flex. Now again, you should never play the. There's a very simple solution. We've talked about this podcast on a. a this get rid on this of podcast it. about it a million times, and I won't get into it more. I don't think Thursday night football should exist, but obviously it does exist, and it's going to get worse. The only way you can schedule a Thursday night game where it doesn't fuck over another team is you have both teams playing each other only after they've had a bye. Right, so you would have the teams. Yeah, on that's the Sunday. only way it would work. Yeah, have a bye, and then they would be playing the next Thursday, and then after that. Okay, but see, and that, then and after that, works, that they would the, get a week and a half. But then yeah. they get a week exactly. Then they get a week and a half, and then so now you're saying now it's unfair that you are you are yep. privileging these good teams and making them even better and more time to prepare. And so the teams that are trying to fight for playoff spots and say that's who they're going up against, they're going to get blown out most likely because it always happens. Like everybody looks at that stat, you know, teams coming off the bye, how well are they doing? Or teams that are coming off of a Thursday and they have extra time to prepare. That all factors. And so now if you're going to give all these good teams, say they do it, do it. They do do that that way where um, they make it to, you know, where it comes off a bye and then you have a Thursday night. And then you have you play Sunday the following week. That's an extra week and a half. So you pretty much just had two weeks to prepare for a tough game, then two weeks, and then prepare for a mediocre uh, mediocre game. Like, are you kidding me? That just that's unfair. That's unfair. Yeah. Any way you write this up, it's unfair. I'm finally with this being proposed and being on the table, even though it's they're tabling it for later. This being on the table and then getting rid of that safeguard, which was approved. I am with you a hundred percent. I was, I really didn't give a shit before, but now I really agree with you. This Thursday night football needs to go. It needs to go because they're going to make it so bad for the NFL and so bad for the viewers and the teams that you're going to start to lose money and you're you're going to turn into super teams. They're going to adjust it to where the caps are going to work and they're going to, you're going to get super teams. Players are already on the fringe of calling the shots. You know, they're trying to pull the NBA thing. I could really see this one-year deal kind of thing happening. And this the NFL turning into the NBA. Yeah. Well, also, last uh, last note on this oh. is uh, 
What was the major difference last year between watching a team like, oh, I don't know, the Eagles and the Chiefs as opposed to a team like the Ravens or I can't think of another uh, big-name quarterback who was, like, injured last year, but I gave it away right there. It was injuries, right? Because the main difference between watching a team that – uh, has all healthy players and they're putting on a show against a team like the Baltimore Ravens where they can't score fucking or, 14 points. Look at Miami. Is, Miami was doing great with Tua until he got injured. Yep. It's all about the NFL is all about stars. And in order for it to be all about stars, you have to protect that star. So they're in a less uh, vulnerable position to get hurt. Right. So the second a team, like you said, like Miami is starting their fucking third string quarterback and the Ravens lose San Lamar Francisco, Jackson, third string quarterback. Boom. And that was like an outlier because the third string quarterback actually came in and was good. But if he would have came in and he would have just been mediocre, guess what? Now your television ratings go down because your team that you're trying to showcase is less interesting and Thursday night games on a short week make you more prone to injuries, make you more prone to the team. Like you said, Casino, just being like, I don't give a fuck about this game. I'm just trying to get out of this game in not injured, right? So I'm not going to do the flashy, cool trick plays we were practicing for our opponent Sunday because I'm literally... I mean, the Eagles-Texans was the perfect fucking example. The Eagles-Texans game was close on Thursday because the Eagles ran the most conservative fucking offense you've ever seen in your life because they were literally just trying to survive the game and not trying to win it, right? Because it was a short week, and this has been an injury-laden team with older players that we've seen their entire season crumble because everyone on the offensive line who is an older all-pro got injured because the NFL season's fucking long. Like, and we're just making it longer, and now we're just making it more difficult. It's fucking dumb. Dumb, dumb. Now it's time to move on to Let's Dumb Thing Casino, which is NHL. Uh, Me and Casino are just going to lightly touch on NHL and NBA because obviously in both leagues, the playoffs are about to start. I think we're like two, three weeks away. Yeah, But... I don't think we've ever seen, well, at least as far as I can remember, a season where both the NHL and NBA, like the seeding is still so in flux, like with with the season clock ticking down to playoffs. But I mean, in the in the NBA, the Western Conference, almost every seed could be different in the span of like three days. Like that's mm-hmm. how. Oh, that's that's how it is, especially is. over in the in the Western for the NFL or NHL. So. Um, I'll, I'll touch a little bit here. Um, just where the current potential matchups are. Um, I was going to do the whole, who I expect to win the playoffs. You know, we'll do that next week when there's literally a game left, um, pretty much for, for every team. Um, so yeah, playoffs start April 17th for the NHL. Uh, Bruins, they're still on their wonderful record streak. They did set a franchise record, uh, for, uh, uh, their 58th win. So that is the most wins for a Bruins team in franchise history, which is cool. They did clinch the president's cup for uh president's trophy. For those who don't know, uh, that is 
it's it's for the best regular season team. They have the best record. Um, so they've already clinched that with eight games to go, which is absolutely insanity. Um, so we did talk about they have 121 points now. The record is 120 or 132 points for a total season. Um, they do have seven games left. So they have a possible 14 points that they could get. So they have three points to tie, two points to win the whole record, to give. So essentially, they can lose three overtime games. They can lose one overtime game and one regulation game. Um, but that's all they got. Or, uh, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of where they're at with that. They got three points. So essentially, they can lose up to three games. But um, I did see, look at their schedule. They really only have two tough teams left um, on their docket, which is the Maple Leafs and the Devils, who sit currently both second in their uh, divisions in the Atlantic and the Metropolitan. So there's your two possible losses. Uh, their last 10, they've been named to. So they still have a really good shot of going, uh, going six and, you know, six and two or six, one and one or, or seven, oh, and, you know, seven, oh, and three or no, five, oh, and three or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Five, oh, and three for the remainder. Um, so they have a still a really good shot to win it going off of their track record with how many games they lose and how many games they win. They still have a shot of that. So kudos to them. Uh, so not too much going on in, in difference. We know who's going to be outside of the last wild card spot for the Atlantic and the Metropolitan. The, the East is set. The Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning. They are uh, they are eleven points. Lightning is eleven points over Panthers. So you have those three. They're in the playoffs. Uh, Lightning hasn't officially clinched, but um, a playoff spot because there's teams that are close, but they would have to tank heavily and all the teams would have to win. But Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning, they're going to be your top three most likely for the Atlantic. Uh, Metro, same thing. Uh, Hurricanes, Devils are over 100 points. Rangers are at 98, and they're 11 points over the Islanders. So you have those three going. Um, now, this is where the three teams that it could be for the two wildcard spots. You have the Panthers sitting at 83 points. Um, Senators, they have 79. I'm not going to really put them into this conversation, but Panthers at 83. Uh, Islanders are pretty set at 87. They should be able to hold on to that first wildcard spot or at least one if they started to tank. Um, and then the Penguins are at 84. So it feels like the Panthers and the Penguins are going to be duking it out for that final wildcard spot. Most likely that's where it's going to be sitting. Um, but as you were saying, it's kind of tough to go into saying this is what the seeding is going to be going in because like just the Metropolitan, the top two teams, you have the Hurricanes and the Devils and they're 103 points, 102 points. They're they're right there. Uh, the Atlantic is pretty much going to be it, but that that's a, that's a single night with eight games. Like that is Devils win, Hurricanes lose, boom, it jumps. So don't know where that's going to go. So that's kind of what's going on over there. Um, moving over to the Western Conference, this one is a little bit. This one's even tighter, and this is this is going to be for all of all the positions are tight. Like in the Central, we'll start off there. The Wild Stars and, and Avalanche. The Stars and Avs are tied at ninety four points, but they are nine. Avs are nine points above the Jets. So again, those top three. Top three in every division have pretty much solidified, as we've talked about multiple times already. Um, uh, yep. Sorry. 
just move that over. It froze on me. Um, so they're doing good there, but the Stars and Avs are tied at 94 points. The Wild are only three points above them. So those positions can flush way very easily. Um, the Pacific, you have the Golden Knights at 99, the Oilers at 97, and the Kings at 96. And so, again, three games bouncing around like that. Anything can happen um, with eight games to go, roughly for seven seven to six games to go for each team. We've passed the eight-game mark. Um so seating's like crazy there. And then you have the wild card spots. Kraken are pretty much set up kind of the same thing where the Islanders are. They've got 90 points. They're most likely going to be a uh, lock up that wild card one um, unless something crazy drastic happens. But then you have the Jets. Um, the The Jets are at 85. The Predators at 82. And uh, the the Flames are at 83. So then you have those three teams duking it out for that last final spot. My kid is crying. I'm going to finish this up <laughs> while you start NBA, and then I'll go get her. Um, so, again, that's kind of where we're at. Um, the current seeding would be Bruins versus Penguins first round, Canes versus Islanders, Devils versus Rangers, Leafs versus Lightning. Over if everything stays in the West as where it is right now, Knights would play the Jets, Kings, Oilers, which would be one of the most exciting series. Uh, Wild, Kraken, Stars, and Avs, which I like all the matchups better in the West because they've been so close compared to the Eastern teams. Um, so my pick, obviously, still is the Bruins to win the whole thing. They they just look too good. However, and, and then all the other teams are going to beat the hell out of each other um, in the East, but the Bruins are still above everybody else. Not because they're our team. I did have, if the Knights can make to the Stanley Cup Finals, I did have them have the best shot to beat the Bruins. Granted, the Bruins get there. Um, reason being is that this is the Golden Knights' best season against the East, all in all, and they have the best mm. record against the top four teams in the East out of any team in the NHL. And okay. I really like their match. I really like their chances in a... We're we're talking. I don't know the exact. Last I knew, it was like nine nine two and one against the top Damn. four teams in the East. This was like three weeks ago, so obviously that's changed. But they've pretty much kept it around that same mark. Um, just going off of the games, I remember them playing. Um, yeah. So I had the Knights if they got to the finals, having a real good shot of beating any of those teams out of the East in a seven game series. However, the Knights goaltending's gotten just continues to be riddled. Uh, Brossois has been playing. He's he let in a lot. Um, they lost to the Sharks last night. Quick, he got pulled the other night in a seven seven three route uh, against the Oilers. Um, but the Oilers, I'll get to them on why I think they may be a team to to win the cup here. Um, so sadly, I don't know if the Knights have if they could get their goaltending figured out and they could get it tightened up. I still have them having some of the best odds to win. They're sitting ninth in the in the total overall but we'll see how that works um but the two teams that everybody should keep an eye on is the minnesota wild and the edmonton oilers edmonton oilers they are hot right now um against so the knights when right they now. when they so hot when they put up seven goals <laughs> against the knights the other night that was their seventh time in the saving season scoring seven or more points on a team they're absolutely flying Damn. uh connor mcdavid and leon uh dry they are having a phenomenal season, that pairing. Dreisaitl is only one goal away from beating Mari Lemieux's record in the early 90s for the most 
uh, power play goals in a single season. He's one away from that. He's tied with them currently. So he's having a great year. And then you have uh, Connor McDavid just scoring in point total just out, out of this world. Um, so, and they're just starting to click. They still have shoddy goaltending. I think that might be the, their downfall in the playoffs in a seven-game series. But they are looking really sharp offensively, and they are uh, they don't follow like a typical structure. So they're kind of just wily, wild, wild west out there. And wild, <laughs> get it? See what I did there? Uh, I get oh, it. That's, no, I was talking about the Oilers, not the wild. But anyway, <laughs> now I'm moving over to the wild. Um, their goaltending has improved tremendously and they've been on a tear. Um, so Flurry started the season was going to be their number one. He's doing okay. It changed over to Gustafson. Gustafson's been playing out of his mind. He's been dancing on his head and then Flurry has got it together as well. So we, we've all seen this, you and I specifically with Flurry in older age, he's old as hell now that, he can still have good time or good games at certain times of his career during a season. He's peaking right now, which is very scary that you have a one in Gusfin, two in Flurry that are just on point, just launching the wild right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if those two teams can keep it up and if Oilers can figure out goaltending and the wild can keep up their goaltending, I think they have a good shot of, winning the cup or at least making the finals and disrupting one of those juggernaut teams out of the East. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got for NHL. I'm going to go grab my kid. If you want to start talking well, about before you, before you do, I have one I always, question talking about the juggernauts, which is the Boston Bruins. Do you think they beat either of the records that we've kind of been tracking all season with either points or their record because they kind of stalled out on it a little and now yeah, it's like so kind of coming I, I, into the wire if they will or not. That's what I was kind of getting at is I think they will still beat this because they, I looked at it. They only have two tough teams left. Yes. Those are the, that is the devils and against uh, the, the, the New Jersey devils and the uh, Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs. You get through those two games. The rest of the games are games that the Bruins should win. So there's your six and two. If they go six and two, six, Oh, uh, or six two and zero, oh, they lose out. They don't. They don't get it. Um, they they would. I think that's what that would put them at a tie. Yeah, they need sixty four. Uh, I, 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 I uh, so I'm not even going on off of that. I'm going off of point total because that's what it oh, really okay. comes down to. Is they always do point total, which is thirty two, and they're um, they're two twenty one right now behind it with a possible of four, or with with a possible of fourteen points. So they could tie it if. They can tie it if they get, um, uh, was that eleven more points, right? Yeah. So they can tie it if they get there, but to win, they either have to get twelve, thirteen, or fourteen points. Um, so I think they could, because all they would have to do is either win or lose in regulation against either the Maple Leaves or uh, the Maple Leaves or the Devils, and they're good to go. Because I expect them to win all the other games. Um, so that's it. I got to get my kid. She's screaming. So continue yeah. start on the NBA. I know where you're going with it. I will jump in, hit it. You got it. Don't so, talk about the, don't talk about the Celtics bucks yet. I want to talk about that one. <laughs> so we'll table that one, but we will start with congrats to the Sacramento Kings. Castillo did not 
mute his microphone, so I will mute it for him. There we go. So let's start first with the Sacramento Kings, who snapped the longest playoff drought in, I believe, professional sports, American sports, which was 16 years since they had last been in the playoffs. Obviously, they have clinched as the number three seed at 46 and 30, going six and four in their last 10 games. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is just, yeah, taking that team to new heights. Only problem is they can't stop anybody. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, which to this point has not mattered because, I mean, just in their last couple games, they scored 120, 119, 121, 135. Like, they're scoring, right? Which is how you win games. The only issue is you have to always score more than your opponent. And that's a lot harder to do when you can't stop your opponent. So the second a team gets hot on them, like the Celtics, all of a sudden they lose in a blowout, right? So all of a sudden, you know, against teams where they have to play against kind of the upper echelon, especially in the East, they're getting blown up by the Celtics, blown up by the Bucks. So do I expect the Kings to go far in the playoffs? No. But is the West this year so wide open that they have a shot? Like, yeah, they do. So, however, the teams I don't think had a shot where I was really high on them uh, when the trades happened is the Suns have gone four and six in their last 10 games. They are 41 and 35, fourth in the West. And Kevin Durant, Looks good, but I don't think he looks good enough where I'm still like, oh, the Suns are clearly going to take it, right? And that was one of those bets where I feel like I would have put money on them. I would have been like, guarantee almost that this team gets does a deep playoff run. Now I'm not so sure. The Nuggets have been pretty subpar, dare I say, average in their last 10, going five and five. And when they're on, they're on. And, but... When they're off, they look worse than when they're on, if that makes sense. I don't know. Obviously, you have Jokic there, but when it's not him, I don't know. I don't know what this team is, right? This team's good, but it feels like this weirdly feels like the Cleveland Cavaliers teams where it was like LeBron, right, has to just be the greatest all-star MVP we've ever seen for them to even have a shot at beating any team. It kind of feels like that with this Nuggets team. Now the Grizzlies, however, eight and two, I don't think they have enough. They're still three games back. So I don't think they will continue this winning streak to overtake the Nuggets, but I do think they are locked in at that number two spot. Cause I also don't think the Kings can catch up to them. So I do think in the West, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, I think they're locked in in those spots. However, when it gets to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, those teams are all within a game and a half, two games of each other. And you have, I feel like they're the trendy pick now. I was on them early. I feel like I was on them with a bunch of people and then it's kind of just built momentum. And now it's almost like a foregone conclusion. And that is the number nine seed Los Angeles Lakers with you have Austin Reeves there emerging as a pretty damn good third option on this team. That's kind of loaded to begin with. And then obviously they are. Yep. The opposite. I agree. I, yep. Yep. I totally agree. <laughs> they are the, opposite of a team like the Kings where they have an explosive offense like the Kings, but they 
have a great, great defense. And like we were talking about in college basketball, a great defense will take you a long ways. And then when your offense is AD peaking at the right time and LeBron James returning from an extended rest period from his injury, like Lakers now have to be top three option in the West to make it to the Western conference finals, maybe the NBA finals now casino, since you are back, uh, we can Woo-hoo. talk about the two main topics. Uh, let's start in the West first, which is, uh, turns out Kyrie Irving doesn't work on the Mavericks. Who, who, what? yeah. And Luka Doncic, I'd never know if I'm saying his name right, so I'll just say Luka. And Luka, all of a sudden, everybody's reporting when he's on the court or on the bench, has just terrible body language and doesn't look like he's having fun playing basketball anymore. And everybody's trying to be like, that's weird. That seems coincidental that all of a sudden Kyrie Irving gets traded to his team and he looks like he wants to fucking kill himself on the bench. So... Yeah, makes sense. And... And the Mavericks are three and seven in their last 10 games. They are now 11th in the West, 14 and a half games back of first place, which they obviously were never going to get. But I always felt they were going to be fourth or third, which to be fourth or third, you need about 46 wins. So they are at 37 wins. So almost 10 back of what I thought they would be with Kyrie Irving. But uh, then Kyrie Irving, he's going on Twitter or uh, Instagram or whatever and posting like a hundred different fucking uh, memes and links and screenshots to more just weird out there shit. Like it just, if you, this is, I mean, I feel like you already had the final straw. This is the final straw. If any team signs Kyrie Irving after this implosion on the Mavericks, like you deserve nothing but like a bad, bad record, bad franchise for signing Kyrie Irving. That's oh, 100%. Like- I was, that was, that was a saving grace day when he left Celtics. Uh, he's just, yeah, he's a, a locker room cancer, team cancer. I don't know, but the Mavericks are done. And who knows how, what the long term damage of this move is because right now it's not working. It doesn't look like it can work. So now let's move over to the East, which was, Casino's favorite game last night was the oh, yeah. Boston Celtics absolutely dismantling, destroying the Milwaukee Bucks. You uh, use more adjectives. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Dominating. Uh, they beat them 140 to 99 points. Like Woo. that is that is an insane uh box score when you do 41 consider points. that 41 points. Uh, Giannis, he played this game. He played 25 minutes. I think he obviously would have played played more, but this was a pretty much a route from the get-go. Like, not even close. Uh, so let's talk about the East standings real quick. Uh, nothing's changed really except my 76ers. I said I was concerned where they have this really tough stretch against West teams. And so far, they have... Oh, they beat the Mavericks, which was a good game that I watched. Uh, they lost to the Nuggets, where weirdly Embiid sat out, which was, again, no apparent injury. Apparently, he just needed rest. Weird game Load to sit out when... It's the dumbest thing. 
weird game to sit out when you're playing against uh, the number one seed Mm -hmm. in the West that is captained by the one guy you're kind of fighting against for MVP. So I don't know, just weird thing there. Then the Sixers lost to the Suns, lost to the Warriors, and then split with the Bills or with the Bulls. I'm sorry. So, so far against West teams, they're one and three. So great, great momentum going into the playoffs, but hopefully they rack off some easy wins here. They have one, two, three, four. They have six games left against the Bucks on Sunday. Today they're playing the Raptors, but really the games I want to talk about Bucks Sunday, Celtics mm-hmm. Tuesday, and then they finish against Heat Hawks Nets. So Bucks and Celtics are going to be really interesting games. Hopefully they can win them as I am a fan, but I won't be surprised if they lose. So one, two, and three is basically locked in the position. Celtics and Bucks, uh, Bucks on top 55, Celtics right below them at 53. Could the Celtics catch up? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's set in, in at all. However, I do feel like the Sixers are locked in third, and then it just becomes Cavaliers right there behind them. I do want to see in the playoffs, just give me Cavaliers and Celtics because I feel like Cavaliers are the best equipped and just for some reason they have Boston's number and they just know how to play Boston. Do you think they have a better uh, chance than the New York teams that have Boston's record, Boston's number? Uh, Absolutely. I do think Celtics, I just want to see Celtics Bucks. I want to see 76ers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I want to see Celtics you know who Cavaliers. Also has, oddly enough, Bucks. is the magic having fucking Celtics number this year? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, yeah, this, this season's been That's great. insane. Uh, <laughs> however, I feel like in the East, it's not where like it's the West where you can make points for guys, you know, at 10, at eight, at nine, who knows? I feel like, Really, it's a top four in the East, and then it becomes I don't trust the neck, I don't trust the Knicks, I don't trust the Nets, the Heat don't have it this year, the Hawks look just abysmal, and then Raptors, Bulls, nothing. So we can now, Casino, move on to our last topic of the day. We will obviously talk much more NBA and NHL when they go into the playoffs, but right now it's kind of just waiting it out till it gets to the playoffs. However, However. we're already in the playoffs when it comes to wrestling, Casino, because the ultimate, the showcase the, the of the Kings, Immortals, I don't remember what their tagline for this is, showcase of the yeah, Immortals, whatever, whatever. Uh, WrestleMania is this Saturday and Sunday because WrestleMania's, we stopped watching them together when they became like, nine hours fucking long so instead of that they were like hey instead of us doing nine hour long shows why don't we just do two nights where each night is four hours that's better and it kind of is but i feel like it takes a little bit of the magic away so we're doing predictions here casino you uh because i've been paid attention yeah you are a much more casual viewer of wwe you well i've been following the eight yeah i've been following the aw more uh, me, I mean, I some of my Paul. favorite wrestlers, my, my some of my favorite what wrestlers went over there. The, the yeah. wrestler formerly known as Cesaro, the wrestler formerly known as Dean Ambrose, they're all over there. They're two of my favorites. Of the, Daniel of the last. Bryan, you love Brian Daniels. We watched, 
<laughs> Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So we'll just run through these real quick and then we'll get out of here. Night one casino, the supposed main event, United States Championship, Austin Theory versus a returning Who? John Cena. Who? So <laughs> Austin Theory, he's uh he's a bad guy. Uh, so who you got for this one, Casino? Austin Theory or John Cena? Well, because I don't like John Cena, I'm going to go Theory here. Okay, interesting. I'm also going Theory. I don't think, I think they brought Cena back. Or maybe this is like one of those things where uh, Theory wins by DQ or something weird like that. I don't see uh, John Cena just getting the United States championship because he's not going to stick around. So that'd be weird to put a title on him, but whatever. Next up, Charlotte Flair, uh, the SmackDown women's champion versus Rhea I know Ripley her. for the SmackDown women's I don't know championship. Her. Who you got casino? I know Flair. I watched, she was still, when I was still watching WWE, she was in it. She's a, she's tall. She's gorgeous. And she's going to kick the other lady's ass. <laughs> Wait till I show you Rhea Ripley. Hubba, will, hubba, will I go? Know. Will 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 I go? Woo. Yes, you will go. Woo. Ooh. Uh, actually, Google, 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 Rhea Ripley. You're right going. Now. You're going. Google Gaga. That's what it is. Uh, what's how do you spell her name? Uh, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Next up. Ripley. We have Becky Lynch, uh, the man, Lita, and Trish Stratish versus Damage Control, who is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eo Sky. Yeah, I'm in the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Casino, who you got? Lynch, Whoa. Lita, and Trish Stratus or Damage Control? Uh, who you got? I am going Becky Lynch, Lita, Stratus. I because I'm going them as well because I know them as well. Some of them. <laughs> this is great. I know Lita this and I know great. Becky Lynch. I know Lynch. Oh, also last pick. I'm picking Ripley to win the championship. I think potential will be main event. Uh, next up, two people you know, one of whom you absolutely love, Seth Rollins. Versus Logan Paul. Now we know you love Logan Paul. YouTube no. sensation. Uh, you're his biggest I'm, I'm fan. Going, I'm going. You I'm going that with merch. that heel. I'm going with the heel. I'm go. Well, which one's the heel now? Like, who, is this double it's heel? Rollins. Rollins is the heel. In in oh. in wrestling, Rollins is the heel. In life, right? It's I know that. Logan Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going Rollins. Rush him. I'm going Logan Paul. Uh, next up, Casino, a match that is uh, very, dare I say, tantalizing. Rey Mysterio versus his own you son, can... Dominic Mysterio. No. Who you got you in this one, right, Casino? You can stop right there. Rey Mysterio, he's one of my favorites of all time. I love Rey. Rey Mysterio is absolutely fantastic. I agree with you. I think he gets beat by his son. I'm going Dominic Mysterio. Uh, probably. That's next probably up, right. It's the writing. <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. I don't know either. Casino, just pick one of the team names. I mean, I, I know Strowman, but I like the name Viking 
Raiders. So you're picking Viking Raiders. I just like the name of that. I mean, I, I love Braun Strowman, though. I, I like, you know what? No, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman just because I like him so much. All right. He's, he's I agree big, with ma- you. He's a big, he's a big mass of a man. And I, I, I like him. I like how he just yes. walks around a ring and just, just doesn't care. He's just like, I'm, I'm Strowman. <laughs> now, uh, I agree with you. I'm picking Braun Strowman. Now, what should be the main event of night one? And if it isn't this podcast, along with WWE fans across the nation, riots, one of the best storylines in years. Oh, is it Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker where Brock Lesnar wins? No, that was a couple years ago when we watched it. But yeah, I know. I understand that. I'm very upset about it. So <laughs> pick anybody. One of. One of the best wrestling storylines in years has been Sami Zayn and the bloodline and everything that's come with that. So we have hopefully the main event of night one, undisputed WWE tag team championships, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Who you pick in casino? Ooh, see, I, I have a Kevin Owens t-shirt that I got rid of because I got fat. Um, (laughs) Oddly enough, I should have got the size that he wears, but I didn't. That's true. That's um, true. I'm, you know what? Let's let's go KO and and Zane. That's who I'm going with. I like the Usos. Don't... I like the Uso brothers a lot. I love their connections, you know, within WWE and family ties. But I'm all good. Uh, it has to be Sami Zayn and Owens. I feel like this is the feel good event or moment that ends the night right where they're both hugging the ring maybe uh uh jimmy uso turns on his brother or what's going on with that or jay uso i can't remember which one uh yeah i feel like it's going to be a great match great moment great match we're going to see what happens casino great moment. now we move over to night two uh your guy brock lesnar versus amos who you pick i don't I don't know who Amos is. I'm going to go Amos. <laughs> this is just rapid fire. Yeah. You're picking who? Amos. 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 Osmosis Jones. Osmosis <laughs> Jones. This is literally just going to be a match so they can have Brock Lesnar F5 him. I feel like this is going to be a five-minute match, and it's going to be terrible. I don't know why people are hyped for this. Next up, Helen a Cell. Edge versus Finn Balor. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go Edge. I am going Finn Balor because I think he brings back the demon for this and it's going to be cool. That's what I'm praying for. Please bring back the demon and do that cool entrance. Uh, next up, Intercontinental Championship. Potential to steal both nights. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Who you got, Casino? I like Seamus. He was in my favorite Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> no, that uh, was actually that I did not like that one. I like the I like the old ones. I like the ooze from back in the day. <laughs> I'm enough. Gunther to retain. Uh, next up, I'm just going through this real quick. Liv Morgan and Ra- Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia Shotzi versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Um, one of the two that are not Ronda Rousey because I don't like her. <laughs> uh, I'm going Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I'll go the op- I'll go the opposite ones then. 
Uh, so you want to go Chelsea Green and Sony Deville? Fair enough. Yeah. Let's go. Or Natalia Chachi. I like Natalia Chachi. Okay. It's like Joni loves Chachi. It's like Joni loves Chachi, <laughs> but not. Uh, two more matches right here. Bianca Belair or Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship? Um, they both win. 69. <laughs> Sorry, my kids. Uh, <laughs> We're at that point. We've reached, it's that point of the episode. We're always getting Last it. match, Casino. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes? Roman Reigns. Spear him to death. And this is Rhodes. Uh, he's going to be the new face of WWE after this match. Let's see how well he does. Uh, that was a lot less fun than I thought it would, would be. No, it was fantastic. I have a written <laughs> down here. Uh, both our kids are freaking out, as always, which is our cue to end the podcast. This has been the only sports <laughs> podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino. Uh, we'll see you next week. Adios, Casino. <laughs> Church, we know how to dress. Get a new shirt, Casino. Maybe one with zero. I love this one.